Donna Otto and we are modern homemakers. I'm so glad to be so glad you're joining us. Over and over again I say thank you, thank you for writing, thank you for giving, thank you for giving to the ministry and making it possible for us to continue this work. Thank you for those of you who serve, um, who have served and served for a long time in uh, giving and serving and producing and wow the list of people the board there's so many people who have been engaged with this work formerly called homemakers by choice now modern homemakers for an excess of 30 years we've been around thank you also for those of you who have been responding to my two questions about what do you want to talk about and how is the sermon on the mount for you and more than that I, a number of you have said you find it refreshing to have an older woman to listen to. Um, I'm not sure how I should take that. <laughs> but the truth is, I am definitely the older woman. And uh, a new year is upon us, 2021, and I'll be even older this year, right? As will you. There is something very lovely about being an older woman. And one of you who had asked about daily habits, I can't get it out of my mind. A number have said, what do you recommend for New Year's ideas? What do you recommend for change of course? And I sort of bunched them together and said, daily habits, daily habits. And um, we're going to talk about that, not today. But I realized that the older woman in me is a byproduct of daily habits when I was young. I say that again? The older woman in me is a byproduct of daily habits when I was young. And what, what comes to my mind is the Luke passage when he reminds us that the spirit will, whatever I ingest, not, not talking about memorizing, just ingest, whatever I ingest is in me somewhere. And the spirit will bring it out if I need it. Now, how many of you have had this experience? If you follow Christ, if you've been reading scripture, if you read at all, a little or a lot, if you read one book of C.S. Lewis, if you ever have a conversation with someone and in the middle of the conversation, out comes a passage and you, you sort of say to yourself, where did that come from? You know, I have the answer to that. That came from the Spirit. Because what we take in stays in us. And when we need it for our own comfort, for the comfort and compassion to others, it's there. So I'm glad to be an older woman. I'm, I am very glad to be the exact age I am today. I want to talk to you about a fellow in the Old Testament who had a couple of experiences with silence and solitude and listening. We've been talking about that a little bit as we've begun the new year. His name is Elijah, J-A-H, not Elisha, but Elijah. And he was a prophet. And you can read his whole story in 
the chapters of 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. And you say, are you kidding me? Do you want me to read three chapters of the Old Covenant? Yes, I do. I want you to, and I'd love for you to sit down and read it from beginning to end, whatever version you're reading it, especially after I've given you some of these thoughts that I'm going to share with you today. Now, the, you know how the books go, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles? Well, Elijah is a prophet of the first and second kings era and a lot of things are going on in this time of the children of israel but this notion about what's going on with elijah has a lot to do with who elijah was what he had agreed to do and what was going on in his country so so wait a minute the first and second books of Kings were originally one book, okay? They weren't two books. And in first and second Kings, it tells of David's death and the glorious, glorious reign of Solomon. And then it tells how the nation is divided into two kingdoms, okay? So just a little history lesson there, how the nation is divided into two kings. And in chapter 17, Elijah, who is a prophet, he predicts a drought. He predicts a drought. I had a young woman who said to me, would you pray for me this year? I want to practice good self-care. And immediately I thought about Elijah. I don't think Elijah practiced very good self-care. But he, this, he, he comes to the forefront and he pronounces that there will be a drought. I'm going to read to you from 1 Kings 17. The word of the Lord came to him saying, go from here and turn eastward and hide yourself in the wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the wadi and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the wadi Cherith. He told them, as the Lord of God Israel lives before I stand there, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years. Dew or rain. Now, what do you think about some prophet who stands up and says there'll be neither dew nor rain? Do you believe him or don't you believe him? But more importantly, what happens to Elijah? He does exactly what God calls him to do. He proclaims that there's going to be a drought. And then he follows God's orders. And he goes to the Wadi, W-A-D-I. And he stays there. And surely there is water. Surely there is water. Then in 1 Kings chapter 17, at the 10th verse, he sent, he went out, leaving there, to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. And then she was to bring him a little morsel of bread. Now, this widow was a widow. <laughs> and she had one son and she had no money. And there had been a drought in the kingdom. Can you picture the scene now? Can you see knocking on someone's door who's been out of work since the pandemic began? And you say, here I am. Go and make me a little bread. 
and all she has left is a little bread and a little oil. Maybe you remember the story. But she says it in a way, he says it in, in a way that he may eat and not die. And she says, it is for myself and my son, because if we do not eat, we will die. And Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first make a little cake and bring it to me. And afterwards make something for your son. Now, do you all remember it? If you've been in Sunday school anywhere, you remember the widow woman who, what happened? The jar of meal was neither emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that spoke to Elijah. Oh, I can just, I just can feel it, like with some excitement. Every time she goes, there's enough oil and enough meal to make another bread for her and her child. And then her child gets ill, and dies, and Elijah revives him. Now, that's just one chapter. That's the first chapter, 17. This is an amazing account in three chapters. And what is going on with Elijah? Well, he's predicting the drought, which means he had to heard from God that there was going to be a drought. And then he wasn't afraid to speak what he believed God had told him to speak. Turned out he was right, and there was a drought. And then He's now called to give this message to Ahab. Now, who is Ahab? Ahab is currently the king, the king who's married to Jezebel. You know, we're careful about not naming our daughters Jezebel or Bathsheba, aren't we? And he is married to Jezebel, and now he has chosen, as she has done, to follow the gods of Baal to follow the gods of Baal. And what happens on Mount Carmel is Elijah comes and he and the gods of Baal have a standoff. You know, it's a, what's that show on television um, where they fight against each other in teams? There's so many shows on television. You know, there's a winner and a loser, right? And in this case, the winner is God and Elijah who brings about what the priest of Baal cannot. And he is victorious, which puts Ahab and Jezebel in bad order, in bad order. They are not happy with, what, with this victory. And then we move to 19, chapter 19. Elijah is now running for his life. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? Like... If I don't get out of here, some terrible thing is going to happen. Like, he has been through so much, and he's, he's stretched himself out. He tells the nation there's going to be a famine. He, he goes and performs this act before God and God himself, and the Baal gods are defeated. And so I'm going to read to you some portions from 1 Kings 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he'd killed all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Jezebel sent it, not King Ahab. And he said, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them this time tomorrow. I'm coming to get you, Elijah. 
and you are all alone, and I am the queen, and I have my troops, and you've killed all the gods, but I am coming to get you. And the next line says, Elijah, he, Elijah, who has just done all these things, and he says, then he was afraid. And he got up, and he fled for his life, and he came to Beersheba. Now, that little phrase, then he was afraid, is very comforting to me. Because here's the man who has done these great, enormous listening to God, doing what God tells him to do. It couldn't have been easy. Doesn't sound like he has an army going with him. And now Jezebel is after him, and he gets afraid. I think he also is tired. And he flees. He flees. Because this time tomorrow, Jezebel expects him to be dead. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. If you've been in Sunday school, you've heard this story too. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. And he lays down under the broom tree and falls asleep. Can you just picture it? He's exhausted, girls. He is. He has been doing so much Oh, I guess we should talk about self-care. I'm not sure that Elijah had a lot of good self-care. But he lays down and he falls asleep, and then this happens. Suddenly an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank. And he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and he ate and he drank, and then he went to the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights. There's some beautiful pictures that I see in these passages a dependency that Elijah had, an authenticity. He was afraid. He was also exhausted. He was exhausted. He was pushing at all ends of his own life. He was fearful. And so he runs. When the, Lord of the, when the word of the Lord came to me, he said, what are you doing here? And he is in a cave, and he spent the night there. And this is, this is Elijah's response. See if it sounds like you at all, Elijah said. I have been very zealous for you, Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altar and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek my life, and they want to take it away. Do you ever feel that way? You are the only one out here doing the good thing. Do you see the rest of them, Lord? I alone. I alone. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. You know, before I finish reading this, I, I want to draw your attention that he was, even in his fragile condition, in his fearful condition, the Lord sustains him with food and rest and he is honest and authentic with God, and then God tells him what to do, and he does, he does it. He just goes and does it. And I think sometimes we get in this cycle that we can't get out of. And if we've not been listening to God and we don't know his voice, 
then when he does speak, we can miss it. And what happens here is Elijah knows his voice so well, and he has sustained him some, some. He has been authentic and saying, I'm the only one. Can't you see what I'm doing? Can't you be good to me? Can't you be nice to me? Whatever it is he's thinking about. And then God says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And then comes these beautiful verses. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting the mountains and breaking rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. Can you see it? Can you see sheer silence? Can you feel it? When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Guess what Elijah does? He says it again. I and I alone, I and I alone are the only ones that are, it's hard for him to let go. But he pauses long enough when he's looking for God to show up, maybe the way God showed up with the gods of Baal. Maybe vigorously, maybe loudly, very strongly. He, he certainly sends things that get Elijah's attention. Earthquakes, fires, wind. But it was in the sound of the sheer silence. That's my version in First Kings chapter 19, verse 12. Sheer silence. I want to challenge you today. Are you like Elijah? I think I am. I want God to know I'm here. I want to complain a little or a lot. I want to think I'm the only one. And God's not paying enough attention to me. All of these things come in and out of our lives. But the Old Testament gives us this account and reminds us that in the sheer silence, the God who has given Elijah an assignment, and Elijah has completed it, and has become victorious, Elijah still has a bad attitude about his work and why he's doing it. And God continues to come to him, and continues to speak to him, and speaks to him in the sheer silence. I think listening to God is hard work. I think I have to do those things that I talked to you about last time we were together. The resources is called sacred listening. I have to do those things with God as well as with others. And when I listen to God, there is a sheer silence because his voice is powerful. And then I have to do the next thing. And the next thing is to be obedient. I don't always like the assignments God gives me, but I will tell you this. I always like the net result. And I will also tell you this as an older woman. The net result is often very surprising to me. Because from what I can see, it's going to end up, but from what God can see, it's going to end up God's way. Will 2021 be a time in the madness of noise, and disrespect, 
in unevenness on every front, from our jobs to our housings to our government to the absence of being together in community and church. Remember, you are the church. Would you consider in 2021, as we begin this new year, to being a listener of what God is calling you to do, even if it seems as bizarre as Elijah hurt? Tell the people there'll be a drought. Tell the widow she should give you her last meal. Listen to the sheer silence that God provides and obey. Obedience is just another word for surrender. We make surrender after surrender after surrender in our walk of faith. Surrenders are never easy, but when we get in the habit of them, they're not only much easier, we begin to see the fruit of what God calls us to. Often it's the very fruit that we have been coveting. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Thank you so much for paying attention. These last weeks that we've been together talking about silence and listening and God's voice in our lives, I pray that this day you will remember the common begin and the uncommon finish and go out and make it a very uncommon day of finding the sheer silence. Well, thank you so much for the many emails and PSs to emails about subjects and things you're interested in hearing from modern homemakers. I always have to say thanks for listening, but we want you to continue offering these for the next couple of weeks. The Sermon on the Mount is still on the table, and I think you're laughingly saying she's going to do that anyway. I am going to do some of it, but I also want to know how seriously I should dig into it and how many shows you might be interested in listening to about the Sermon on the Mount. So if you will send us an email, I'm responding to all those emails personally, and I'll look forward to hearing from you and the topics that would encourage you the most in 2021 from Modern Homemakers.